Hello and good morning and welcome Activate to our Lounge Church Sunday. Welcome to everybody that is watching from home as well. If you don't know me, I'm Josh uh, and I'm going to be sharing very quickly uh, with you this morning. Today is of course the 1st of May. It is a pinch and a punch for the 1st of the month. So kids, if you're watching this morning, go find an adult and give them a big pinch on the cheek and then a punch in the face. You're allowed to do that because it's the first Sunday in May. And of course, being the first Sunday in May, uh, it is our Lounge Church Sunday, all part of our Get Used to Different mindset. Uh, we're reworking church just a little bit. We're just trying a few things. One of the things that I love about Activate here in Christchurch is that we are a group of people that are okay with trying something. We're okay with giving something a go. We're okay with saying, hey, What's the worst that can happen? And so for the rest of this year, on the first Sunday of every month, we're doing lounge churches. So we have got a lounge church at Brent and Wendy's house. We've got a lounge church at Jason and Micah's house. We've got a lounge church at Dan and Amanda's house. And uh, this morning, we've got another lounge church out in North Canterbury. Uh, this morning, it's at Jared and Rowena's house. And of course, we are down at church with a bunch of families as well, uh, doing a lounge church with far less people than we'd normally have on a Sunday but down in the church building. And so what I'm going to do this morning, really quickly, because actually I want most of the time and most of the discussion to happen uh, in your lounge church is not necessarily just sitting there listening to me. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to work through the next passage of scripture uh, that we as a church have been focusing on in the book of Acts. And I'm going to make a couple of observations very quickly. Then I'm going to hand it over to whoever is running your particular lounge church to get some discussion going. Uh, we're going to take communion uh, in our lounge churches this morning. And of course, probably, I'd say you guys are going to be sharing a meal afterwards and doing lunch together as well, which is awesome. So we're looking at the book of Acts uh, this morning, as we are doing this year. Somehow, and if you told me this when we decided to go into the book of Acts at the start of February, if you told me, hey, Josh, by the 1st of May, you're just wrapping up chapter 2, I would have said, come on, like no one's that slow, but we are, we're pretty slow. So we're wrapping up Acts chapter two this morning. And so just to give you some context really quickly, uh, the Holy Spirit has fallen on the disciples and on 120 believers that were in the upper room. They all started speaking in other languages and Egyptian and Greek and Persian and Aramaic and Hebrew, which is crazy. A whole crowd gathers around them because they're like, what is going on? Peter gets up, delivers this amazing message. Uh, and at the end of his message, 3,000 people uh, join the church. They become Christians, which is just crazy. Like, what would we do? We're a church of like, I don't know, 120 people on a Sunday morning. Imagine if next Sunday we had to accommodate 3,000 people. How would we even begin to do that? How would we have structures in place? Where would we meet? I mean, the mind just boggles. And so at the end of that passage in Acts chapter 2, it says that 3,000 people were kind of you know added to their number. And then we move on to verse 42, which is a new section. And so I'm just going to read through these five verses. I'm going to make a couple of points, and I'm going to hand it back to the leader of the Lounge Church, and you guys can kind of do your own thing. But uh, this particular passage of Scripture is headed up the fellowship of the believers. Uh, and we pick it up in verse 42. It says this. I'm reading from the NIV this morning. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. And every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord 
added to their number daily those who were being saved. That is Acts chapter 2, uh, verses 42 to 47. So I'm just going to jump back to the start of that because there are four things here that the early church devoted themselves to. It says they devoted themselves, and then it listed four things. Now, the Greek word for devoted, uh, the King James Version translates these two words as continually um, steadfast. Like they, they were fixated on this thing. Another translation would be to adhere closely. I mean, they weren't just kind of like, oh, this is something we might do. Oh, yeah, we could maybe adopt that. They were fixated on this thing. They were focused on it. They adhered to this closely. They didn't deviate to the left or to the right. This was their thing uh, or four things. So let's just have a look at these four things. The first one, it says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Now, the Greek word for teaching uh, is skilled instruction and training. So the first thing I want to point out is that there is a two-pronged uh, facet to this. There's two sides to this coin. One side of the coin is the theology of the thing. You know, my, my, I'm learning about it. I'm getting instructed on it. It's a mind transfer. I'm getting an information download, right? The, the theological approach. The other side of the coin is an active approach. It is a hands-on doing thing. It's like training. So when it talks about them devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching, it's talking about skilled instruction over here and then practical outworking over here. So the first thing we learn about the early church is that they learned a lot about what to do and then they learned how to do it practically. It's something that that church in 2022 is maybe not so awesome at. We're great at giving people information. We're great at sitting people down and saying, hey, let me teach you how this works. We're not so awesome sometimes in actually activating people into practical expressions of that, which is something we're trying to pursue in uh, Activate. In fact, that's one of the main reasons that we're doing these lounge churches once a month because actually we feel that there is a greater opportunity to release people into practically experimenting uh, with the gifts of God and the gifts of the Holy Spirit in a smaller context. Like if someone comes to your lounge church and they're like, ah, I broke my arm, falling off the ladder at, at work during the week. Look, it's in a sling. You know, and they do that at church on a Sunday. It's not so simple for you to get a chance to pray for that person. But if they're sitting in your lounge or in your friend's lounge and there's only 10 or 12 of you there and they say, look, could someone pray for my arm? Then you kind of gather around that person and it's more intimate and there's more opportunity for you to actually be activated in the practical outworkings of what we're learning about in church. So that's one of the reasons that we've decided to go through this lounge church model, at least for the first Sunday of each month. Practical training as well as skilled instruction. The disciples were devoted to it. The early church members were devoted to it. The second thing they were devoted to was fellowship. And this is fascinating, right? Because fellowship is something that most of us just let happen. We just let it develop organically. We say, you know what? I'll, I'll be friends with who I'm friends with. I talk to a nice person. They seem cool. I talk to another person. Maybe not my cup of tea. We just kind of let it evolve. We let it just kind of roll out. And a lot of churches do that. But the early church said, no, 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 no. We're going to actively and intensively and intentionally go after fellowship. We're going to build something that is so powerful when it comes to community that everybody on the outside is going to go, wow, I want to be a part of that. And isn't it fascinating that Jesus said to his disciples, you will be known 
by your love for one another. You're not going to be known by these amazing miracles that you do, even though in this very passage, a couple of verses later, it says that everybody was in awe of the wonders and miracles that the apostles were doing. Jesus said, hey, man, that's not going to be your calling card. Your calling card is going to be people look at you and go, man, look at how they treat each other. Look at that community. Look at that fellowship. Let me tell you something. The world is desperate for genuine connection. The world is desperate for authentic, deep real relationships. They're drawn to it like moths to a flame. And the early church said, we're going to devote ourselves to developing this part of our life. We're going to do life together. That's another reason that we decided to do church this way this morning, because all of the feedback that we got when we broke into lounge churches under the red light traffic setting was that people said, hey, I can build deeper relationships in this context. And that makes sense. Right, because it's just the environment of sitting in someone's lounge, breaking into small groups in somebody's home. It's just a much more conducive environment to being real. Uh, it's a safer environment to kind of open up and say, "Man, this is the area that I'm struggling in. Uh, this is something that I'm finding really hard at the moment. Uh, I, you know, I've got this issue in my marriage, or I've got this issue with my kids." Or, uh, and the early church, they were all about that. Man, when Liz and I, before we had kids, uh, we went through a five-year period where we were moving around the country a lot because of my job. And so we had five, Liz had five birthdays in a row where we were in different cities or different towns in New Zealand. And so every time we moved, we had to find a new church. Sometimes we'd find a new church straight away. Sometimes we'd have to visit a couple of churches. Uh, there was one particular place when we lived in Auckland. Man, we could not find a church that fit us for want of trying. It took, it was, we were there for two years, still didn't really find a church that we fitted into. It was hard going. And walking into a church and not knowing anybody is confronting. And even as a Christian, as someone who's been in church my whole life, it's a little bit out of your comfort zone. You walk in, you're like, man, I don't know anybody. And church, I have to tell you, and this is so sad, as a rule, the churches that we walked into, which were very similar to Activate, like we weren't walking into like, you know, hardcore, you know, exclusive brethren churches or, or things like that. Like we were just walking into Pentecostal churches that were the same as us. And people, they weren't friendly. They did not want to have a bar of us. They were just in their own cliques. And we got more and more disheartened. And I remember, I vividly remember saying this to Liz after walking out of one church where, again, no one talked to us. And we're not, we're not like weird looking people. It's not like we walked in like, you know, manifesting or anything. We just walked in and sat there politely and no one talked to us. And I remember saying to Liz after like the third or fourth church, and I wasn't serious, but this is how frustrated I was. I was like, I don't freaking care, Liz, if we end up going to a Satanist church. Like the next church we go to where someone actually shows genuine interest in my life or maybe, God forbid, invites us back to their house for lunch, we're going to that church. I don't care what they talk about. Because the truth is, right, that you can listen to amazing messages online now. It's kind of depressing for me. Like you can listen to me preach this morning and then you can jump online in an hour's time. You can listen to Bill Johnson or you can listen to, you know, Brian Houston or you can listen to, you know, recordings of Derek Prince or whatever it might be. You can listen to the best preachers in the world you don't have to go to a church for that. You can have the most amazing worship experiences at home now with Spotify and like just amazing quality. Like you're in the room and there's a, no wrong notes are played and everyone's in perfect harmony. And, you know, you can do all of that stuff at home. You can't do fellowship by yourself though. You need a local church to be in connection with. And the early church were like, we are going to go after fellowship. We're going to focus on it. We're going to devote ourselves to it. And look, we're not perfect at activate, like we get it wrong a lot of the times. But gee, I'd like to think that if you come to church and you're struggling, that there is someone there that you can be open with about that. And when people ask you how you're going, you get the feeling that they actually care and want to help. They're not just sort of ticking a Christian box, right? Like I say, we don't get it right all the time, but that's what we're working towards. I just find it fascinating that at the very start of church, 
the early church, like the very first kind of church services they were having, that they were like, hey, we are devoting ourselves to building connection. We're devoting ourselves to creating an environment where people can be honest and open and vulnerable, and we're going to do life with each other. And that's why we're doing Life Church, uh, Life Church Lounge Churches, the way that we're doing Lounge. Maybe we should call it Life Church, right? Because it's more like we're doing life together. Um, but that's another reason we're doing what we're doing. The third thing that they devoted themselves to was the breaking of bread. And this is very clear when you read the original, um, you know, the languages that it was originally written in and the, the context of it. This is talking about communion. And so we're going to take communion a little bit later on this morning. You'll be doing it in your Lounge Church. And every time we have a Lounge Church, we're going to bring, uh, you know, break the bread together and, and take the wine because we're going to do communion like they did in the early church. And then the last thing that they did together, that they devoted themselves to, that they would adhere closely to, the Bible says was prayer. But it's not just a narrow definition of prayer, as we would perhaps interpret it. In fact, when you look up the strong concordance, uh, the definition of the Greek word, they say prayer, and then in brackets they say worship. And so really, when it talks about prayer, it's talking about any kind of adoration or connection with God. So whether it's prayer, whether it's worship, whether it's praise, whether it's gratitude, all of that stuff kind of comes under that category. So those are the four things that the early church devoted itself to. And those are the four things that we're looking to build our, our lounge churches around. So like the apostles teaching, their skilled instruction and training, uh, fellowship, like go deep with each other, be real. Like honestly, what is the point of living your own life during the week, coming to church, smiling at people, wearing a mask, not being honest, not getting real, not connecting with people, and then going home and dealing with all the same stuff you had to deal with the week before. Like, no, who's got time for that? Like, let's just get to the, the nitty gritty, you know? Fellowship, that communion, so we're going to do that together. And then prayer and worship, which is going to be a big component um, of our church as well. And then just one last thing, if you jump right down to verse 46, it says that they broke bread in their homes, which is communion, and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts. I think one of the things that would have been a hallmark of the early church is that a lot of their connection was done around mealtimes and about sharing, around sharing food together. Because the disciples, that's what they had modeled to them by Jesus. They'd spent three and a half years hanging out with Jesus. And then when you read through the Gospels, so much of what Jesus is teaching them, so much of what is highlighted in the Gospels is happening over a mealtime. It's happening with Jesus eating with him. He's reclining at the table. He's got his head in someone's lap. He's, it's always around food. And so I think that when they launched the church, they would have gone, okay, food's a really big part of this. Uh, and so that's why we're encouraging everyone in the lounge churches to kind of, after you finish church, do lunch together, right? Like gather around food because this is how things worked in uh, the early church. Now, there's a whole bunch of other stuff in that passage and whoever is leading your lounge church is going to have some kind of starter questions to get the ball rolling, but I want to encourage you to dig deep into this passage, uh, to draw out the things that are interesting to you. When it says that they were together and they had everything in common, what the heck does that mean? Everything in common, 3,000 people, really? Like every single person has a favorite color that's blue? They got all that in common? Every single person hates mushrooms? You got that in common? Like surely the Bible doesn't mean they had everything in common. So what does it mean? Does it mean they had everything in common in this particular area? Does it mean that they had everything? Like all that kind of stuff. That's what I'm going to leave you with. So enjoy the rest of your Sunday morning. Enjoy the rest of your lounge church. I'm going to hand it back now to whoever is running your lounge church. Just a quick reminder that next Sunday is Mother's Day. And so we're going to be celebrating mums down at church. Liz is going to be preaching. I think it's actually the first time that she's preached like a, a, a message standalone. She's done panel stuff. I've interviewed her. She's shared a message with me. But this is going to be her baby, man. 
And I'm putting it out there publicly because I'm not going to give her any chance to change her mind during the week or say that she's run out of time or whatever. Liz is preaching. So come expect to hear something awesome because she is pretty flipping amazing. All right. Enjoy the rest of your lounge, church. Enjoy communion. Enjoy your discussion. Enjoy praying for each other. Enjoy lunch. And uh, we'll catch up with you next Sunday down at church. God bless.